0: This is Jamie Andelin, and you are listening to my podcast, Your Turn on Desire. I am a wife and a mother, I'm a women's sexuality coach, and I'm an intimacy advocate. But enough about me, because this podcast is all about you and helping you learn how to enjoy sex and look forward to sex in your marriage. Hey! Growing up in an ultra conservative and high demand religious environment has so many beautiful aspects. But one of the not so beautiful aspects is how we are not equipped with the skills that are necessary to enjoy a magnificent sex life with our spouses. And this, you know, unequipment whatever we're going to call it this not being equipped with the skills you know doesn't just happen in an environment that is high demand religious or conservative but it can also happen in homes where maybe there was no religion and and the idea of sexuality just wasn't talked about maybe it was avoided maybe it just wasn't given attention and so you're just not equipped with the skills. But in a high demand religion, most people are not at peace with their sexuality. Again, this could apply to so many people, but the majority of my clients had some kind of really strong religious background, which I love, by the way. It's just that in a lot of the religious backgrounds, there's more shame and awkwardness and confusion around sexuality. And so people are brought up with with these anxieties um around their ex- their sexuality and whether you have a high desire or a low desire you're most likely not at peace with your sexuality just because a husband might have a higher desire doesn't mean he is at peace with his sexuality or if a wife has the higher desire it doesn't mean she's ne- necessarily like confident and empowered and at peace with her sexuality If sex is a source of frustration for the couple, then usually they both have some anxieties around their sexuality, they don't have the emotional and sexual maturity needed for a magnificent sex life, and they aren't advocating for more intimacy in their marriage. Instead, they are playing a game of control tennis without realizing that intimacy can't even play this game of tennis and, as long as they are playing control tennis, sex will be a source of struggle, mostly because control and intimacy can't reside at the same time. We can discuss all these things, and i and I do in my newest online course it's a holiday bundle which is on sale until January second today in this podcast, we're going to talk about being at peace with our sexuality. This peace is a foundation to increasing your desire and enjoying a fun and easy sex life. I would like to start with three ways you can make peace with your sexuality. Whether you grew up in a highly conservative, high-demand religion or no religion at all or somewhere in between, if you're struggling with sex, usually what needs to happen is you need to make peace with your sexuality, your spouse's sexual desire, all of that. The first way you can make peace with your sexuality is understand that you are divinely created with body parts whose sole purposes are for pleasure. This means you are meant to experience pleasure, especially if you are a woman with the female body parts because there are parts of your body that are seriously, literally just for pleasure. They have no other purpose. Pleasure is your birthright, not an afterthought, a bonus, or an exception. My husband and I were walking through the desert behind our home many years ago when he brought up the, we really do need to have more sex talk. And I said to him, I mustered up the courage and I said, I just don't like sex. I don't enjoy it. It doesn't feel that good, and it's not fun. It feels like too much work for what actually happens. He was devastated when I said this to him, but I was expressing honesty to him in an attempt to be intimate with him, like to be honest with him, and I I define intimacy as being honest. Now, I'm not saying like untactful and, well, I just believe this and so it is you know I just really thought about this and just got to this place where I could really honestly and kindly as best as I could open up and be honest to him and this was intimate to me I was practically begging for help in the sexual department the sex I was having was not focused on my own pleasure and arousal My husband wanted to focus on me, and he tried, but I was resistant to it, and I lacked the skills that made me prioritize my own pleasure and be at peace with my sexual pleasure and my body. What makes it so hard to prioritize your own pleasure and be at peace with the sexual part of yourself? Women are taught to please everyone around them, and this shows up in their sex lives. Women generally are wanting to quickly be done with sex, so they usually rush to intercourse and pleasing their husband before they have allowed for enough arousal and stimulation for themselves. Having intercourse before your body is ready creates resentment. And also, not that great of sex for either of you. The skills needed to get here, we have to understand women's sex, outer course it's just as important as intercourse. She should come first. Her arousal should be the goal. Sex is more of an emotional experience than a physical one for her so she should be building a sexy simmer throughout the days and weeks that makes it easier for her to enjoy sex and not feel like good sex is so far away. She needs the skill of receiving, being able to know how her body works, knowing how and when to have orgasms. Everyone is capable of this. The second way you can come to a place of peace with your sexuality is your sexuality is not inherently good or bad. Your sexuality is a fun foundational, fundamental part of you that you can use for good or for bad. Women's sexuality has been portrayed as negative for a long time. Her sexuality is seen as naughty, shameful, seductive in a wrong way, slutty. Touching her body to create sexual pleasure has usually been seen as wrong or as a sin. She has been taught that her sexuality exists so that she can give it to her husband and also make babies. There are these parties that happen in some European countries. They are called priest and seductress parties. This is an example of how women being sexual is seen as wrong and sinful. You know, like they're seducing these holy men and, you know, making them do bad things. Like It was like the woman made me do it. You know, this is an example of how women being sexual is seen as wrong and sinful and men being sexual is just seen as normal and a part of who they are and you know as if women have so much power over the man and his sexuality or the man doesn't have much power over his own sexuality it's like too powerful for him Women are swimming in the messaging that deep down her sexuality is something to push down, to hide, to give to her husband. He should know how to please her so she kind of just doesn't know about herself and waits for him to initiate or to know what to do. And if he doesn't know what to do, then she shouldn't learn how her body works unless he is there to watch and learn. So ultimately, she shouldn't know how her body works unless it's going to benefit her husband. This is terrible messaging that women are swimming in. Her pleasure should be saved for her husband or he should be a part of it somehow. These beliefs and this messaging make it very hard for women to believe that her sexuality is neither good or bad, but it just exists. It's a part of who she is and she gets to decide if she's going to use her sexuality for good or for bad. When she truly embraces the truth that her sexuality is a part of her and she gets to decide how to relate to it and how to use her sexuality, she can integrate her values into her sexuality and pay attention to the fruit of her behaviors. When she realizes all this, then she can finally be at peace with this part of herself. Though sexual desires and urges can be a strong force and energy because it's it is a powerful energy that's created in our bodies we are more powerful than this force and we get to decide how to use this energy it's a tool to use you you are not the tool but you get to decide how to use the tool if how you're using the energy creates results that you don't like then change your behaviors you can If you're not using this energy and not allowing yourself to have desire and it's causing contention, resentment, and frustration in your marriage, then learn to start allowing desire and to use it to strengthen your marriage. Sexual desire is an energy and a tool you can use for good or bad and you are the one who gets to decide how to integrate this energy and this tool into your life. If sexuality was inherently bad, then that would mean something was really wrong with how we were created. And I just don't believe that that is possible. And if our sexuality is inherently a part of us that exists that we get to use for good or bad, then our goal is to pay attention to what it's creating in our life. Like the way we're using the tool... Or the energy? Is it creating good things or is it creating bad things? That's the goal here. Take a look at the fruit of how you're using your sexuality. The third way you can come to peace with your sexuality is knowing that your sexuality is yours. It's separate from your spouse's sexuality. You can choose to share your sexuality or not. But you do not owe anyone and you do not have to share your sexuality unless you believe your spouse is respectful of the intense emotional experience that sex can be for you. Sharing your sexuality with someone can be an intense way to show love and affection. It's definitely the most vulnerable way to show love and affection. And you don't have to share this part of yourself unless your partner understands and respects your sexual experience as more of an emotional, mental, spiritual, and relational experience than merely just a physical experience. When my husband and I were struggling with our sex life and my husband would bring up the we aren't having enough sex talk, I would feel so heartbroken because I felt broken, but I also didn't feel seen as a whole woman by him. There was a very big part of me That knew in order for me to desire more sex with my husband, I needed to feel a deeper intimate emotional connection. I needed to feel that he was invested in me as a whole woman and not just someone who he could have sex with. I really wanted him to look me in my eyes and see that my low desire for sex was so much more than a physical thing. He would buy me lingerie. Herbal libido pills, sex toys, and position books take me on vacation hoping that getting out of our daily life would inspire more desire, but what was missing was the deep connection I longed for. I asked myself, what do I need so that I will want to turn to my husband sexually, and the answer was for him to be invested in me as a whole woman, to see that there's more to me than someone to have sex with. I didn't want him to do chores with the idea that sex was around the corner or a reward for him being a grown-up. I wanted him to be a partner, someone who really wanted to help me. I didn't want him to help with the kids because he thought it would help me feel better, and then I'd want sex. I wanted him to help with the kids because he loved the kids and wanted our family to be happier. If I mentioned how much more emotional connection I needed, I got the message from him that I was a lot of work. This made me feel like I wasn't worth investing in. This all makes it hard to be at peace with the intense emotional experience that our sex lives can be. Now that I understand my sexuality and desire, I know that it's a gift for me to open up and share this part of myself. And the person I share it with understands that I don't have to share this part of myself. And they aren't entitled to sex with me just because we are married. There are frameworks around masculinity and sexuality and femininity and sexuality that create a sense of entitlement in some men, and they stop cultivating eroticism and desire in the marriage. Marriage in and of itself doesn't turn down a woman's desire for sex. It's how the couple is behaving in the marriage that turns down desire. They forget how much work it takes to keep the sexual simmer going in the relationship, and both the wife and the husband stop cultivating desire. Yes, it takes work to create desire and keep that sexual simmer going, but it's less work than doing work that doesn't create good sex. We are all doing work and having behaviors in our marriages that either create a high desire marriage or a low desire marriage. It's just work to create a high desire marriage and it's rewarding work. So because the work that actually creates what we want in our intimate lives together works, (laughs) it just makes it exhausting to do the work that creates a low desire Low desire in a marriage and low desire in you. It's exhausting to have behaviors that don't actually create magnificent sex lives. So giving your spouse the message that they aren't worth investing in really turns down desire. And this can happen to either spouse. Whether you're giving the message to your spouse that what they desire is too much work Or you're sending the message to them that there's a part of them that you're not really willing to get to know. Like sometimes that just really sends a bad negative vibe to each other. And we have control on the messages that we send to our spouses in the marriage. And we're sending these messages, whether it's in our words or actions, or we really are just carrying around this like, Low investment towards them. Like, oh, I just don't want to get to know you sexually and I don't want to get to know myself sexually. It's just too much work. What you're saying is there's a part of you I don't really want to get to know. And if your spouse is telling you, like, I really just need some more intimacy, I need some more connection, I need to be seen as a whole woman, there's things that are important to me that aren't sexual that I need some investment in and your message that you're sending to them is you are thinking too much about this this is so much work you're making this harder it's unnecessary all that like that message and what you're really saying is like you're just not worth investing in and I know that we don't really mean this like we don't really mean to send the message of low investment and we don't really mean to send the message that they're not worth investing in But when we're not really intentionally showing up and deciding like the energy and the message that we want to send to our spouses, this is like the default messaging we end up sending. And over time, we can improve this by changing ourselves, by really investing in ourselves and really intentionally working on sending the message that they're worth investing in and that there's like we want to get to know every part and connect to every part of our spouse and we're willing to open up and, and, and connect to them and know ourselves and know them, every part of them. This is how we start to really come to peace with our own sexualities. So I want to leave you with a quick recap before we end this message or this podcast episode. This message I'm sharing with you in a podcast episode. Most couples, if they're struggling with sex, are having a lot of anxieties or shame or, you know, they're not sure about their sexuality. They haven't come to a place of peace and they haven't really accepted this part of themselves or they're using it to, like, try... They're not using it for good. They're using it for bad or they're avoiding it. And so there are three ways you can work on coming to peace with your sexuality. One is to just really... Um, understand that your sexuality is a basic fundamental part of who you are and you have the body parts and everything so you were divinely created and and all of that is just a fundamental foundational part of who you are as a human on this earth the second way you can come to peace with your sexuality is to know that your sexuality isn't inherently bad or good it just is. It exists and it's an energy and it's a tool and you get to decide if you're going to use it for bad or good and you just pay attention to the fruits of what, how you're using your sexuality or not using it is creating. You pay attention to the fruits. Is it good fruit or is it bad fruit? That's what you're paying attention to. And then your sexuality is yours. It's separate from your spouse's. Sometimes we get this all entangled like... You know, our sexuality is entangled with our spouse's sexuality and we need to each mature ourselves and just take back the ownership of it. Just like we have ownership over our own hunger, over our own bodies, whether we exercise them or not, our bodily urges to go to the bathroom, you know, our desires inside of us, whether we want to work or stay home or, you know, there's these parts of us that are ours and aren't entangled in our spouses and we get to decide what we do with our sexuality and all those parts of us like even simply like brushing our teeth you know this isn't entangled in our spouse's hygiene we take care of our bodies it's it's our responsibility to take care of our bodies and it's not our spouse's responsibility to like brush our teeth right? And it's not our responsibility to brush our spouse's teeth. And we're not brushing our teeth so that our spouse (laughs) can see our teeth. I mean, I guess they might be impacted by like bad breath or something, but like ultimately you're taking care of yourself because you want to feel good. You want the results of taking care of yourself. So same thing with your sexuality. It needs to be a part of you that you're, that you're separating, like an owning it like this is mine and I get to choose what I do with my sexuality and there's a lot of wonderful mature respectful things that come from separating your sexuality from your spouses I am so proud of you and your growth to great sex and no more heartbreaking we aren't having enough sex talks love Jamie thank you for being here